Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. All right, so hey, before I get going on this uh, sermon, I wanted to share just a, I guess it was a word of caution that God uh, gave me. So uh, last week, if you were here, we did the State of Grace, and we were just talking about all the amazing, wonderful things that God has done. And um, I woke up Monday feeling like, man, just something in my heart's just not quite right. And then um, prayed through that, and on Tuesday, God gave me a word. And uh, I was like, Lord, what is the word? And I, and I believe it's from him because I don't even, I didn't even know how to pronounce it. I had to go listen to the little pronunciation thing, you know, pronunciation thing. And I've listened to it over and over again. I'm still probably going to mess it up. Um, but it's a word I've never used it in a sentence before. But it's, uh, okay, I have my phonetic spelling. Aggrandizement is what I want to say, but that's not how you say it. It's aggrandizement. 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 That's it. I said it. Grandisman. Okay, now there's some proof that I don't know what I'm talking about. And so um, I was like, what is that? Like, what is that word? I can't even pronounce it. And so I looked it up and it says this. It is the act of enlarging or expanding the power or status of something. And then there's another line underneath it that said, often for the sake of ego. And so um, it's not like God was saying, uh, you know, you guys, you've gone off a cliff. It was just this gentle correction. And I felt like the Lord was telling me, make sure that you don't lead the people into that. And so when we celebrate what God is doing, I just don't want to lead you into sin. I don't want to lead you into ego. And I don't want it ever to become about Grace Community Church. It's never about me. It's not about Eric. It's not about any of the staff. This is about Jesus. Okay, and so if we ever get to a part, part, point where we're like, oh yeah, this is, it's this church or it's this ministry, where we're missing it. It's all about what Jesus is doing. So uh, I'm just, I want to bring that to you because God brought it to me like, don't do that, was basically. It wasn't like, you know, seven churches in Revelation, you're in big trouble, stop this. It was just like, don't go that way. All right, don't go that way. So will you just agree with me not to go that way? Can we just make it about Jesus? And, and if we ever put our eyes on anything else, that we'll just bring them back, supposed to be. Okay, so that was just a word, and um, uh, I botched it up, but that's what happened, and uh, there you go. So um, I, I just wanted you to walk with that in me. I wanted to pastor you well through that. So um, this moment right now, um, I have been praying for this moment since September, actually. Uh, for what I'm about to say, I've been praying for this and asking God to direct me and guide me. And I've been sensing that uh, for this year, uh, that there's a, there's a shift in our church. Uh, it's, it's not massive, but it's really important. And there's a change that, that God has for us uh, this year. And I think it's upon us. I think we're already starting to live it. But uh, 14 years ago or so, when God started talking to me about what he wanted me to do uh, when I became the senior pastor here, uh, if, you, if you've been around, you've heard me say this before, I, I really just felt clearly that the Lord said, get them ready. 
That, that, was, that was my directive. Uh, that's what he asked me to do. And if you were here four years ago, you know that I've had like the one time that I had a dream that like, I know this dream is from God. It was kind of the same message. And so uh, you may remember, uh, I had this dream where Gina and I were laying on this grassy hill and we're looking up at the clouds on this beautiful day. And we see this white cloud and it is like the perfect form of a sandal. I mean, it was like, it's like, wow, that is exactly like a sandal. And I know that this dream was from God because in my dream, I turned over to Gina and I said, we have to pay attention to that. That's from God. And then I woke up. And so I prayed through that. And I was like, okay, Lord, what does that sandal mean? And he just brought me back to the original call, which is get them ready. Get them ready. And I've talked quite a bit about that. But just, you're going to notice that there's a little bit of a shift here. And I think it's a shift that God has brought. And I don't think the message anymore is get them ready. Um, I believe that the theme for this year and where this church is now is I am ready. See, I, I believe you're ready. You're ready for what God wants to do and what God has. And, and you know, I've seen it. Like when we had our prayer vigil, uh, there were 92 people who were just in there praying for 24 hours straight. And we did our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And all I heard from people was like, wow, God just moved. And someone was just telling me about it this morning of how important it was and what a great way it was to start the year and how they're drawing into the Lord. And, and I just see you guys, and I think you're ready. Now, now, it doesn't mean that we're done changing. In fact, quite the opposite. We are ready to change. We're ready to grow. We're ready to be challenged. And, and it doesn't mean that we've seen everything. Like, in fact, it, it's the opposite, that we are ready for more, that God is going to do so much more, and you are ready for it. And so the shift that I've seen, I'm spending less and less time, I've noticed that I have to spend less time convincing and more time instructing. See, I don't have to tell you the why anymore. It's like, yeah, we got it. We already know. We're, we're about this. We're kingdom people. Now just tell us how. Tell us how to do what God wants us to do. And so there's this, we're in this season right now where it's not like, well, you better get these people ready. It's like they're ready. Instruct them, teach them, help them go further. And it's a time where we're just calling forth. I think there's this charge that God has on us as followers of Jesus where he's like, okay, here we go. And I look at you and I see people, and as I interact with you and talk with you, it's a people like Jonathan, uh, he had his armor bearer. And if you go to 1 Samuel, there's this amazing story, and Jonathan is, uh, he's looking up at the hill, and there's some Philistines up there, and I can't remember how many, like 10 or 15 or something like that, and he says, hey, let's go up there and kick their tails. And um, I think God may give them to us. And, and the armor bearer, it's just so awesome, as he responds, he says, go ahead, I'm with you heart and soul. It's like, whatever you have in mind, let's do it. And that's these people that are here right now. I just see you as like, come on. What's God doing? Let's do it. We're ready. Let's go. And I think we're going to see a year of tremendous fruit because of your hunger, because of your readiness. And so when I came and prayed, and Lord, you know, what are we going to focus on this year? I know it wasn't get them ready. It is I am ready. That we stand at the ready to do what God wants us to do. You are a ready, eager, hungry people. It's beautiful. I've never had so much fun pastoring. I'll tell you what, it's a lot more fun to tell a church how than to try to convince them why. And it's just so exciting to me. So let's jump into this. This is kind of the theme passage, I would say, for our year here at Grace Community. So it's Luke 12, verse 35. We touched on this during the state of grace, but we're going to dig into it right now. And Jesus says, be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. 
like men waiting for their master to return from our wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately, catch that word, that's a big one, immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth. And then this is what Jesus will do if he finds us ready. He will dress himself to serve. He will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them, which is just unfathomable to me. And then back to us, it says, and it will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this, if the owner of the the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Now, this is a passage about the end times. This is about Jesus' return, but it's also about your life. It's about the way that we live ready every day for whatever God wants to do. And see, he's given you, you have the ball. It's in your hands. He's like, okay, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to move? I found a little video. You have, you have the, the ball in your hand. Don't be like this guy. Go ahead and show that. Please. Yeah. <laughs> but you put a new center in the game. Uh, you need to snap it. <laughs> I thought you said on one. False start. Offense. All alignment except for the center. Five yard penalty. Replay second down. Yeah, so he's the only innocent party, right? I think that's my favorite call ever. Everybody except that one guy. So if you look at this passage here, um, there's four aspects that I want. It's in the, in the first verse, you'll see three of them. So it says, dressed and ready for service. Now that might be one, but I'm going to break that into two. So I, I think that we've got four different things that it means to be ready. Okay, so we've got dressed, ready for service, our lamps burning. And if you go down just a few more verses, you're going to see that it also says watching. So I want to talk about these four things that it means to be ready. And so I want to talk about dressed. And so the the passage here now about Jesus' return is being dressed for his return, but it's also being dressed every single day for what he wants to do, whether it's time to work or or whether it's time to travel or whether it's time to fight, that that you have to have the right clothes on, right? So I just went, we went to a conference uh, just this last week and, and we were flying and I used to, for my old job, my job before this job, I used to fly constantly. I was always going all around the country. So I've done it a few times. You know, it's, I don't fly so much anymore. But you can tell people who, who don't fly, right? Because they don't dress right. They, they wear these boots that like lace all the way up to their knees. I'm like, you knew you were going to have to take them off, right? And they'll come up with like a pro rodeo hall of fame belt buckle. I'm like, that's not making it through. You know, why are you wearing that thing? And then they'll get out their little iPads. And it's like, it's buried under like 32 cliff bars. You're like, wait, why didn't you know, just slip that little thing out? And so I come dressed, ready to fly. I just know what's going to happen, right? So my shoes are kind of loose. I make that on purpose. I slip them out, get out, slip them back on, you know, my, my computer's just right in the back, ready to go, you know, no panicking, no throwing cliff bars or anything like that, because I'm ready, right? You need to be dressed and ready for service. It's important how you're dressed. By the way, do you know what kind of clothes lawyers wear? They wear lawsuits. It's true. Yeah, come on, that's good. And, and you know what kind of underwear they have under their lawsuits? Briefs. that right? Got a lawyer right there. That's what we were brief, briefs. Listen, you can't get dressed for the battle during the battle, right? Like, oh, hang on just a second. 
I got, I got to get my sword on, then I'll fight. Satan's not going to wait. There's this uh, show, I wanted to show a clip for, it, for you, but I can't. It's too old. And it's called The, the Survivors. And uh, Robin Williams was in it. And he goes up to like this camp to learn how to shoot guns and survive, you know, when the big one drops in the cesspool. That's his big thing. And so he's, uh, he's getting ready, but there's this uh, hitman that has a contract on him and he's coming to get him. And they get in this gun battle. And so Robin Williams, you know, he's shooting and, and the guy, uh, his name is Jack, he shoots Robin Williams' gun. And so then Robin uh, grabs out his other gun, and um, so they're sitting there behind these trees, you know, facing down, facing each other down. And then all of a sudden, Robin Williams says, uh, Jack? And Jack says, what? He says, uh, time out, okay? <laughs> he says, what? He says, well, you're not going to believe this, but um, I brought the wrong bullets. And, and Jack says, so you want me to uh, wait for you to go get some bullets to kill me? And Robin Williams says, would you mind? And he says, go ahead. And then, of course, he shoots at him, and you know, the, the, it goes on from there. See, but, but that, that's not going to work in the middle of the battle. You can't tell Satan, Satan, time out, okay? I'm not, I'm not quite ready for this fight. I'm not ready for what you're going to bring against me. See, you've got to be dressed for spiritual battle at all times. And so we put in the armor of God. You can read all about it at the end of Ephesians. If you don't know what it is, spend some time reading that there that we put on our spiritual armor, that we always have the breastplate of righteousness on at all times. And you know what that means? It's not just waking up in the morning saying, okay, I put on my breastplate of righteousness. I mean, you could do that. That's a good reminder. It is to increase in righteousness. And now is a time where we cannot mess around with sin. There's just no room for it. You will lose if you walk in sin. And we can't coddle it and play with it. And if the Lord comes to me and says, hey, Carl, be careful of this word you can't pronounce, I take it seriously. If he says, go the other way, then I go the other way. This is not a time to play around with sin. This is a time to increase in righteousness and to be done with the other things. And we walk with our helmet of salvation, knowing where we're going. I mean, it's, that's where, what protects our thoughts and protects the way we go forward, knowing that, that we are saved, we are in Christ, that everything actually will work out no matter what happens because we know where we're headed, right? And we walk with our belt of truth, knowing that that holds everything up and keeps it all together, that we walk in truth, we stand in truth, we are people of truth, that we get to know truth. You've got to get your armor on. Shoes of the gospel, we're ready to move. We're ready to share at all times. And our faith is increasing and strengthening so we can put that shield up and deflect the arrows and the lies and the attacks because we have faith. And of course, we move forward with our sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, so we could advance the kingdom and advance what God's doing and have victory. We've got to be ready for battle. You have to be ready for the work of the Spirit, dressed for obedience, dressed for readiness, for, ever what he want, for whatever He wants to do. And see, the last thing that, w that you want to say when God wants to move, I mean, I want to do something in your life, you have to say, oh, wait, no, I, I need to go get my obedient pants on right now. You know, I, 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 need, I wore evening wear. I, I forgot that I should wear service wear in the midst of this. Don't miss the moments that God wants to have in your life because you aren't ready. And haven't you noticed that so much of what God does is a moment? It's just like, it's just this little thing like, oh. And then you say yes, and then it opens up like a whole new world.
And then if we miss it, we miss these amazing things that he wants to do. I want to take you to Song of Songs. Don't preach off of there very often, but I have preached this passage before. And it's this beautiful passage. And in this book, uh, it's about a, a bride and a groom, the lover and the beloved. It's also about the church and Jesus. It's our relationship with him. It's a metaphor for what God, how we interact with Jesus. And so look at chapter 5, verse 2. And this is us, okay? It starts with us, the bride. And she says, I slept, but my heart was awake. Listen, my lover is knocking. That's Jesus. Jesus is knocking. Open to me, he says. My sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. Now, I know for some of you, that's like, wow, that's what Jesus calls me? It's a little intimate. But that's how he sees it. That's what this relationship is. He calls you his dove, his darling. So my head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of the night. I've taken off my robe, and here it is. Do I have to put it on again? Do I have to get up? I've washed my feet. Do, do I have to soil them, get them dirty again, and walk over to you? My lover thrust his hand through the latch opening. My heart began to pound for him. I arose to open for my lover. My hands dripped with myrrh. My fingers with flowing myrrh. The handles of the lock. I opened for my lover, but my lover had left. He was gone. My heart sank at his departure. I looked for him, but did not find him. I called, but he did not answer. See, if the Spirit calls, and the Spirit directs, and if the Spirit leads, we don't want to miss out. We move. We're ready. And don't let delay stop you from the amazing things that God wants to do in your life. And here he is knocking, you're like, all right. Have you ever had, uh, you know, like, you wake up in the middle of the night, and you're too tired uh, to get out of bed to go to the bathroom, but, but you have to go to the bathroom too bad to fall back to sleep? You know, I've done that for like 45 minutes. And you know what? I, there's a solution to that problem, right? I, I can take care of that. But instead, I just lay there. Don't miss out on the move of God in your life, trying to decide if you're going to lean into it. Don't miss out on what God wants to do because you're like, ah. The things that we miss out on. Come to church ready. Go to your small group, ready. Go to your family dining table, ready. Go to work, ready to move. You know, in scripture, there are these key moments, and you're either ready or you're not. One of the most tragic ones of all is this rich young ruler comes to Jesus. What do I have to do? And Jesus says, you know, you've got it all, but there's one thing that you lack, and it's that money. You don't own it. It owns you. You got to get rid of your money. That, that's the way. That's the way out of here. And you know what it says? And he went away sad. Because he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to give it over. These moments come to us. And I think, personally, I, I think that that was, that was eternity. That was an eternal moment for that man right there. And he wasn't ready for eternity. Gene and I were, um, we went to this uh, play with uh, some friends of ours in uh, Grand Junction. And on the way back, uh, there's this lady, and she's sleeping um, in the kind of like the doorway of one of those taller buildings. And it's 18 degrees out there. It's freezing, and it's just getting colder. I mean, we barely, like, we were just freezing walking to our car. I couldn't imagine sleeping out there. So we get in our car, and Gina says, we got to do something. 
like, okay, what do we do? I mean, I really, I didn't know what to do. So I was like, okay, Lord, what do we do? Lord, would you show us what to do? And as soon as I prayed that prayer, I remembered I had a blanket in the back of the car. And Gina, she said, ah, yeah, you know what? We also, we bought that pound of beef jerky that uh, we just got at Sam's. Sad to give it away, but let's, you know, come on. And so, um, of course, Gina leads the way and she goes out there. She takes the blanket, she takes the jerky and, and she prays for the lady and she talks to the lady. And, and I don't know, should we have done more? Maybe. But, but this is one thing I know is that the coming back someday was no good. It, it was then or never, right? I mean, it's possible that there was no tomorrow for her. That that blanket made the difference. I, I don't know. But you see, we got to remember, like, it is now or never. And when the Spirit leads, don't just sit there in bed saying, no, oh, i got to put my robe on. Catch this. Willingness is not the same as readiness. I'm going to say that again. Willingness is not the same as readiness. God, I am willing to give you 10% of my income. God, I am willing to share my faith. I am willing to, to join a small group. I'm willing to cut back my work hours so I could serve you more. God, I am willing to do whatever you say. And I think God says, that's nice. Now just tell me when you're ready. Tell me when you're ready. God, I'm willing. I'll go anywhere you want me to lead. That's sweet, Carl. Tell me when you're ready. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to move when I call you? Listen, I am ready. I am ready to obey. I am ready to serve. I am ready to share my faith. I am ready to give. I am ready to lay down my life. I am ready to die to myself. Are you? Are you ready? We have dressed, ready for service. I think that's interesting. Jesus is like, okay, I'm coming back. Be ready for service. See, because, because I think a lot of us don't, does anybody here feel like, come on, it's got to be close to the end? Does anybody feel like it's got to be coming? Sometime, right? It just feels like that. It, but it's interesting as I see people, the more, more people who think that more and more, it seems like the more that we're kind of anticipating this approach, uh, return, excuse me, the, the more that we start gazing at the stars and gazing at our navels. And it's so interesting because Jesus says, actually, when I come back, you need to start looking this way. You actually need to start serving other people like at a frenzied pace. That it's actually, the whole point is not to get like into the deeper truths and like, I have figured out who the Antichrist is. I understand what the number of the beast is. I mean, it's fine to study that stuff, but do you see what Jesus says? He says, don't go up to some monastery and, you know, and kind of just think about the deeper truths. He says, get busy. Serve. Work. Help. Reach. Like, you don't have much time left, and he needs to find you going out, serving, dressed, ready for service. So profound that the closer that Jesus comes, the harder we need to be working towards one another and for one another. Are we ready? You know, you ever have friends and they'll, they'll call you up and they'll be like, hey, we're on your street, we're coming over. Ever happened to you before? If you're like me, what you do then is you take all the dishes and you shove them in the oven, right? 
And then you put everything underneath the couches and you're just like, okay, well, best I can do with the minutes I have here, right? I think that's how some of us are going to feel when Jesus returns. That he's coming and are you ready? And never take your eyes off helping and loving and caring for one another. You know, on my day off, I'll often just kind of like dink around and I'll, you know, I'll go work out and just kind of do my own thing. And about three o'clock, I'll get an idea and I'll be like, you know what, I think I should clean the garage. And then I'll clean the garage and then at about five o'clock, I'm like, why didn't I start this at 10? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get this thing done. I think that's the same sense many of us are going to have when he returns. It's why didn't I reach? Why didn't I go out? Why I, I mean, we got to get moving. And the master, he expects to find us dressed and ready for service. Not delving into the depths of deep spiritual truth at some monastery, but serving. And this is a chance. This is the time. And when my master comes, he's going to be seeing, finding me laying my life down, calling other people to come to him. All right, so we're dressed, ready for service, and we keep our lamps burning. Keep our lamps burning. Now, if you look over at Matthew 25.10, there's a companion passage to this. And it talks about these ten virgins who are waiting for the bridegroom to come. And they have these little lamps. And five of them are wise, and five of them are foolish. And five of them have oil, and five of them don't have oil. And so now what oil is here, basically, is it's the, the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing, it's your connection with God, right? And that's why they say, we can't give you our oil. You've got to have your own. I can't give you my... It's like if you would say, hey, can I borrow your relationship with God for a little bit? Can I borrow your call and your maturity and your wisdom and your anointing? Can you hand that over? And like, no, we can't. Sorry. You got to have your own, right? So, so then, if you, did you notice in this passage, though, that something happens with the oil? It's lit. It's sparked. It's burning. So, so what we have here is we have the anointing, we have the work of the Spirit, we have this connection with God, but then we have it in action. We have it moving, we're doing something with it. It's the two together. And so there's two things that you have to do to be ready. You have to fill the lamp, which is you have to cultivate your relationship with Jesus. You have to know him and love him and talk with him and walk with him and you have to be in the word and you have to be in prayer and you have to be growing and being filled up. And then here's the second thing, is you have to light the fire. You need to be shining for the world to see. This overflow, see, as the Spirit fills you up, it pours out, right? You're not meant to be stagnant. And as it burns, He gives more. As it goes out, He just fills up. And that's what it means to be ready. So we're doing everything by the power of the Holy Spirit in the Spirit. So if you're married, you're spousing by the Spirit. If you're a kid, you're childing by the Spirit. If you're working, you're employing by the Holy Spirit, or you're bossing by the Spirit, or you're talking, or you're walking, or you're living, or you're breathing, and you're doing everything in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says, keep them burning at all times. That's where God finds us. And then we find the fourth thing in verse 37. And it says, and finds them watching watching when he comes. So here's one thing about the move of God in my family and the move of God in my life. Here, here's one thing about revival in Montrose. Here is, listen, I don't want to hear about it after it's over. I want to be in the middle of it. 
If God's going to do a work in my life, I want to be right there in the middle of it. If he's going to do something in my family, I want to be right there. If he's going to do something in Montrose, and I pray that he brings revival in Montrose, I want to be right there in the middle of it. And if it happens downtown instead of right here, I want to be there. I want to be in the middle of what God is doing. I don't want to come in and just say, ah, oh, shoot. Wow, that was cool. I missed it. See, and that's why I'm watching. Are you approaching God with this watchful expectation? He wants to move. Do you know that? He wants to move in your life. And he wants to move in this church and he wants to move in this city. And I, I'm just watching him. Okay, Lord, and whatever you want to do, if you want to do a major revival or, or if you just want to do a character tweak, Lord, whatever. I'm just watching whatever, whatever you're doing, God, I'm stepping into it. And, and it's our job to be ready. It's our job to be looking for it. Our job to be seeking it, right? And if you're ready, there's going to there's gonna be two things that you're going to do. See, the first thing is you are going to expect God to move because God will move. And you know the second thing, though? is you're going to expect it to be a little different than you expected. He can do whatever he wants, right? Have you noticed like throughout history, if you study revival, if you even look at revival in scripture, have you noticed that the major moves of God, they don't come with him removing the difficulty? That it happens through the difficulty? And I, I mean, a lot of us, we're praying for our country and what we're hoping is that he's just going to kind of take all our problems away, right? There's revival. And I kind of don't think it's going to be like that. I think we're going to continue to see problems, but I think his bride is going to rise up. I think we're going to be empowered for greatness. I think we're going to see a great move of God in the midst of the difficulty. I mean, some of God's best work in my life is doing stuff that I didn't want him to do. Some of his best work is, is answering my prayers in a way differently than I hoped and expected, right? And these things that we see is just small and insignificant. I mean, they're huge for him. For example, God, I wanted that big promotion. And, but, but God says, oh, but you know what I had for you? What I had for you was a deeper walk of trust with me. What I had for you was the ability to, to be content in every situation. That's so much bigger than some lousy promotion. So much more important. That promotion would have ruined you. But I had life for you in the midst of it. He's always moving. Watch for it. Be watching. He is always moving. Listen, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming back. Heaven, heaven is closer than you and I think. And, and I know that you're willing but you know what? I'm really, really excited because I believe you're ready. And he's bringing us to that moment where we all stand before the throne of God. He's bringing us, listen, we are all headed for this moment, the one moment that matters above all other moments when we gather with the saints of the past and the angels of eternity. And we come before him and we sing with every other created being. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And we fall to our face like the four elders and we come back up and we go down. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And we join in this amazing hymn of heaven with throngs of people from every nation, tribe, and tongue giving him praise and glory and seeing Jesus face to face. 
That is the day that our lives are moving towards. That is the day that matters. That is the day that we are living for right now. And I just want to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.